0: Well, I picked that psalm song, I should say, um, because it describes someone who loves Jesus Christ, and who sees some of the various beauties found in Jesus Christ and some of the hope that we find in him. And hang on, and then we can discuss those better. <clears throat> Even in Tim's prayer, don't we live in a culture that it's, it's thrives on change? The ads we see tell us that something has improved, and what do we do? Run to the computer and click, and I'm as guilty as anybody else. And good things change. Surgical procedures improve. So there are good changes, and then there are things we just wish they wouldn't change. We'd like them to con- remain just as they are. <clears throat> I know people, and I don't want them to change. They're delightful just the way they are. And tonight we will consider the Lord Jesus Christ (coughs) and the truth that he does not change. If you look in your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, you'll see the statement, one little statement, and that's Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is another one of those pillars of the gospel message. If this were not true, we would have no hope, but we have great hope. So the fact that Jesus doesn't change is so critical to our lives as believers. So we'll look at some implications of this truth and then consider the impact this has on our lives. Now, the book of Hebrews was written to display, the, to show the, the glory and the supremacy of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and it, it's in a magnificent way that the author shows Christ's supremacy in his deity. He shows his superiority in his offices as prophet, priest, and king. And he shows the absolute sufficiency of his once-for-all sacrifice. This glorious, glorious Savior does not change. And he wrote so that the Hebrews' readers would not drift back into the false doctrines that Judaism could save them. But that they would hold fast to the gospel <clears throat> Hebrews friends 13 8 if you don't gather anything else add this to me- your memory bank <clears throat> it's a very very precious comfort in times of trouble knowing our Lord doesn't change it's also an instrument of conviction if you think about it in times of temptation realizing Wait a minute, this God I belong to is still the same. And it's a reminder to us when we're meditating and thinking on the Lord. We can consider that, that truth that this glorious God, even as we sing a song like that, doesn't change. And um, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 and following, they, they more fully tell us of Christ's immutability. That was a mouthful, the fact that he doesn't change. We read, You, O Lord, establish the earth, and the heavens are the work of of your hands they will perish but you remain and they will all become old as a garment and like a mantle you will roll them up as a garment they will not be changed but you are the Lord and your years will not come to an end Jesus Christ does not change So we're going to look briefly, very briefly, at two things that can encourage us when we consider this truth, and can challenge us, and even draw any who don't know Christ to a consideration of their need for him. So, who is this Jesus? Seems like an odd statement. But everybody has something in their mind that immediately comes into their mind, wait, Jesus is, well, let's consider a couple of things the Bible says about Jesus. First of all, he is fully God. This Jesus of the Bible is fully God. And The the Lord, he is the Lord God Almighty. He's one with the Father and the Spirit, the Lord of glory. John says of him that he was in the beginning, this word, and the word was God. Paul says of him that in him all the fullness of deity dwells. What a statement. And we, we learn from the author to Hebrews when he quotes a psalm that he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And then Jesus makes one of the most audacious statements when interacting with the religious le- leaders When he says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Why is that such an audacious statement? It's because Jesus is using the very name God gave to Moses in the book of Exodus. When Moses said, well, I'm going to the people of Israel to tell them you're going to deliver us, but who should I tell them is This God is. And he said, Tell them, I am that I am, has sent you. So Christ is using the very name of God himself. And as God, Jesus possesses all of God's divine attributes, He's all powerful. He's the radiance of God's glory and upholds all things by the word of his power. He's eternal. Paul says that he is before all things and that in him all things hold together. He's all-knowing. We're told that there is no creature hidden from his sight but that all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom he has to do. Jesus Christ sees our hearts just like he saw the Pharisees' hearts. He sees the sin in us, and he also sees the weakness and need for tenderness in us. Christ is fully sovereign. When we're told that God in these last days has spoken to us in his son. He appointed him heir of all things. Through him he also made the world. And in his prophetic remark about him, David says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand and put, until I put all things under your feet. Do you see the glory and the divinity of Jesus Christ? And he's also filled with grace and truth, as John says. Our Lord is gracious and he's true. He's the way, the truth, the life. And he's also so merciful and so loving Why do we ever love one another? Because he first loved us. He first loved us. So this Jesus Christ of the Bible is fully God. And what hope that provides us. We're not worshiping a man who is... Vulnerable and weak, and potentially without ability to help us. We worship the living God of the universe in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is not only fully God, but he's fully man. Now, we're dealing with mystery here, um, but we nevertheless see this in the scriptures. Christ is fully man. When the Holy Spirit conceived Christ in the womb of Mary, Jesus took on human flesh. He became a, a person like us. He experienced all the things we do. He was hungry, tired, thirsty, joyful, sorrowful, and myriads of other things, just like we are. He wanted rest. He got tired. He was a a genuine man and yet without sin. He is one person, not two, We don't have a man Jesus and a God Jesus. We have one Jesus that in the mystery beyond our mental capacity is fully God and fully man. He's the God man. Having a divine nature and a human nature. And... Imagine how much Jesus was tempted on earth. There are accounts of Christ's temptation and the blessing is that because we're told he was tempted in that which he has suffered he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. So what a wonderful Jesus we have. He made promises that those who are weary and heavy laden can come to him and find rest. And he said that he who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment but is passed out of death into life wonderful promises he made to those who have trusted him. So that's the Jesus that we're exhorted to consider in Hebrews chapter 3 and that we're exhorted to fix our eyes on in Hebrews chapter 12. So briefly we'll fly through this. What about the ministry Of this Jesus who never changes. First of all, our Savior lived a sinless life. He satisfied every command of the law of God without sin. In fact, He says, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill. And he did. This is so important. It can be overlooked. It's of supreme importance. He also died that substitutionary death, that perfect sacrifice, which is acceptable to God. We're told that it pleased the Lord to crush him if he would offer himself himself As a guilt offering. And Christ did. He was numbered with the transgressors. And by this will we have been sanctified by the offering of Jesus Christ once for all. One sacrifice. And that's why he was made sin. Meaning a sin bearer, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Christ, in His great love, was willing to be treated as a sinner for us. So when you take Christ's perfect obedience and His sinless sacrifice, we can be absolutely sure that those whom he's saved are declared not guilty before the righteous and just judge. We are not guilty positionally before God. When he sees us, he sees Christ in his perfect obedience. And therefore, he can call us his very children. This is Christ's ministry. There's more, but imagine such love. And now Jesus Christ is risen from the dead in glory. He's ascended to heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father in unapproachable glory. Jesus Christ is in unapproachable glory because of his magnificence, his power, his immense, immense radiance. And yet concurrent with that, the Lord Jesus Christ is in our hearts in grace and gentleness still inviting us to come to him when we're weary and heavy laden Jesus Christ serves as our great high priest every high priest what do they do they offer sacrifices well he did he offered a sacrifice once for all. And high priests intercede. They pray for people. While Christ does continuously, he's praying for us. He's praying to our loving Father, bringing our weak petitions and desires to pursue holiness. He's bringing those to the Lord, our spiritual Needs Christ is praying for. And Jesus will return in glory. He will judge the living and the dead, and those who were his, he will welcome into eternal glory with him in heaven. So that's the Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In him we find salvation for our souls, forgiveness for our myriad of sins, and eternal security. No one can snatch us out of his hands. In him we've got peace in the midst of tumultuous times including now we have comfort in the midst of individual trials and we have hope that we will be in heaven with him for all eternity. So this Jesus friend is worthy, worthy of your adoration and your praise and he is worthy as the Lord of Lords, to be obeyed, for his commandments are from God, and his commandments are not burdensome. And he is worthy to be proclaimed to the lost, that they might know this unchanging Jesus. So let us consider Jesus, the one who is the same yesterday, today and forever. Let me pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray so much, Father, that you would enable our feeble hearts that can be so dull that you would work that we might Get a greater glimpse of him through the pages of your word. Please do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.